0: Welcome to a new episode of Land-Grant Holy Land In Conversation. My name is Matt Tammanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we speak with Land-Grant Holy Land's own Ohio State football historian, Jim Baird, to talk about the passing of Ohio State legend Howard Hopalong Cassidy. The 1955 Heisman Trophy winner passed away on Friday at the age of 85 at his home in Tampa, Florida. During his time with the Buckeyes, Hop helped lead the program to a 29-8 record and his 2,466 rushing yards still ranks as the 19th in school history some 65 years later. In addition to writing bi-weekly articles on the site, my guest Jim Baird also hosts the podcast I Want to Go Back about the forgotten stories of Ohio State football history. The first episode debuted in this very podcast feed last week, exactly seven days ago. It is a phenomenal listen, and I learned a tremendous amount about an era of Ohio State history that, frankly, I knew very little about. So take a listen, and if you are not already subscribed to this feed, please make sure to do so. Anyway, with all of that out of the way, Here's my conversation with Jim Baird. Jim, we are obviously discussing the passing of Ohio State Heisman Trophy winner Howard Hopalong-Cassidy. He is somebody who, despite the fact not having played at Ohio State since the mid-50s, still remained a fairly well-regarded presence in the Ohio State community up until his passing, even though he hadn't lived in Ohio for many, many decades, but for those people who might be either too young to have obviously ever seen him play, or maybe even too young to really understand the impact of who he was and what he brought to this program. Can you just give everybody a little bit of a background as to what made him such an important part in the development of the Ohio state football program?
1: Yeah, Matt, it's a, it's a great question and, and thanks for having me on. It's it's always a pleasure to, to talk with you. Uh, Uh, You know, in speaking with some of my own friends, uh, you know, people had heard heard of the name Howard Hopalong Cassidy, but they they didn't really know his impact. And it was tremendous. Uh, And any Buckeye fan knows Woody Hayes. And perhaps one of the biggest impacts and lasting legacies of Cassidy is his impact on the career of Woody Hayes. People forget that Woody arrived in, in 1951 and OSU was they didn't have a great season in Hayes's first year as coach. They played nine games and only won four, including a seven to nothing loss to Michigan in Hayes's second season, the opening game, uh, he decided to put in a very skinny red-headed freshman and Howard Hopalong Cassidy ran for three touchdowns against Indiana, which was uh, not a not a bad start to one's career. Uh, the local sports writers of the time uh, and Matt you may be. Familiar with this? I'm not trying to indict you, of of course, or anyone, if uh, anyone within the the current press corps. But there was, there just happened to be a um, a Western movie star at the time named Hopalong Cassidy, and so the local sports writers couldn't resist giving Howard Cassidy the nickname Hopalong, and and that stuck from there. Uh, So you know, Woody coming in with a mediocre first year, his second season is is Hopalong's first season. He plays as a true freshman and really takes off from there four-year starter, two-time All-American, won the Heisman his senior season, two Big Ten championships, and three wins against Michigan. And not to mention a national championship, a perfect 10-0 and season in 1954. So Hopalong had a great and really tremendous uh, Ohio State career, but also he and the success that he and his teammates had in the early years of Woody Hayes gave um, what was a pretty sort of rough-and-tumble coaching gig at Ohio State some stability.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting. And I might be putting you on the spot here, but I didn't realize that he played as a freshman because I know for however many decades, true freshmen couldn't play. When did that rule come into effect? Because I know then Archie Griffin, a couple decades later, was able to play as a true freshman in like the first year uh, that they rescinded that rule, correct? Am I thinking, am I remembering this wrong?
1: No, you're right. Yeah, the uh, that rule has ebbed and flowed over time. Back in the early 1900s, freshmen were eligible. But then it, it shifted away. And for a while, uh, for a number of years, there was a, a freshman-only team. And that was um, held separate from the varsity. And then it came back into being. So this was, um, for Hopalong's day and age, this was uh, par for the course. So he, he came in as a, as a freshman off the bench and got involved very quickly.
0: Yeah, and he, as we talked about before, he was the the third Heisman Trophy winner for Ohio State, hot on the heels, actually, of Vic Janowitz, who won in 1950. Hop Hop won in 1955, but again, he was Woody Hayes' first Heisman Trophy winner. And and what's so interesting about the longevity of the impact that Cassidy had, perhaps maybe Impacted by the eventual return to the freshman ineligibility, but he held the Ohio State rushing record for many, many years. It wasn't until actually Archie Griffin a couple decades later that his all-purpose yards were passed and then Archie Griffin passed his uh, some of his other records as well.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, it, it really shows you the impact that's, that somebody had within an era. I mean, you know, you look over at the Big 12, and it seems like there are, you know, passing records set every year uh, for for teams in that conference. When a record stands the test of time, it really shows you how exemplary a player was. And, and as you rightly said, Hopalong left with pretty much all the, the notable records. He was career rushing yard leader, all-purpose yards, scoring. Those marks stood for... More than a decade. Jim Otis broke the career rushing yards in uh, 69. Uh, as you said, Archie broke all-purpose in, in 74, and the the scoring stood until uh, 1975. So his action, his activities, his play stood the test of time.
0: I want to talk a little bit about, about Woody Hayes. We think of him as this pillar, this Mount Rushmore figure, and not only Ohio State history, but in college football at large and obviously our opinion of woody hayes is probably tainted a little bit more than outsiders perspective of him who think over (laughs) only of his final game as a coach but in those early days you mentioned the rough start what was the perception of woody hayes as a coach in those early days as he was starting to get it figured out and then with the help of Hopalong cassidy turned into the power that we know now as ohio state football
1: Yeah, that's a great question. There's a a story that when Woody uh, was entering his second season, he overheard his neighbors next door saying, this will be the year that we get Woody. And uh, what they meant by that was this will be the year that we get Woody out as head coach. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, do the math. Going four, three, and two in your first season and and losing to the Wolverines wasn't exactly a hot start. You know, Woody back then wasn't the Woody on Mount Rushmore, as you said, that we know today. He was a, he was a young coach, and he was still becoming who he was. So before Hop, he was, you know, still finding himself. But after, after Hop Along, after the first back-to-back Big Ten championships for Ohio State since 1916, 1917, after winning a national title, he was obviously on a, on a different plane.
0: And you mentioned the fact that Woody lost uh, his first game against Michigan, but Cassidy's last game against Michigan still kind of rings as a very important moment in Ohio State history as well.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You know, a lot is, a lot is said about how Hopalong earned his nickname in his first-ever game against against Indiana, but I, I think the the true mark, mark of a player isn't how you start your career, but how you finish. And in his last-ever game, sort of to, to set the scene – Michigan was ranked the number six team in the country. Ohio State was ranked ninth overall. If Michigan won the game, uh, they'd head to the Rose Bowl. And Ohio State hadn't beaten Michigan in Ann Arbor in 18 years. 18 years. OSU hadn't won in Ann Arbor. So uh, as you can imagine, it was, a, it was a big game. Two top 10 teams squaring off against each other. There was a record crowd of 97,000 in the big house. Senior year, Hop was on his way to the Heisman. And he absolutely dazzled that day. 146 yards rushing, a touchdown. Ohio State not only won the game, they shut out the Wolverines 17 to nothing. Michigan didn't go to the Rose Bowl. And Ohio State secured an undefeated record in the Big Ten. And for only the second time uh, in history, secured back-to-back Big Ten conference championships. So it was a big day. And for Woody, who had, again... Previous to Cassidy coming around, got off to a little bit of a rocky start after the game. He said that it was, quote, the greatest game I have ever had a team play. It was magnificent. And, uh, you know, a team is more than just one player. But but Cassidy starred in that last game. And, uh, I mean, I think magnificent is the right word to describe Hopalong's tenure at Ohio State.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't until 2000 in a game that I'm sure I was at, but I don't have any remembrance of this at all, but it was in 2000 that uh, Hopalong Cassidy had his jersey retired uh, for Ohio State some 45 years after his playing career uh, ended. But he joined some of the other players like Vic Janowitz, like Les Horvath, to have his number retired. And as we know now, they basically are only going to retire the numbers for Heisman Trophy winners. And I Think there does does Orlando Pace have his number retired as well? Somebody who wins like the the national award. I'm not sure what the criteria is. Do you know off the top of your head?
1: No, I don't. I don't know the criteria off the top of my head. I don't believe Pace is uh, retired yet, no. okay. but okay. he's uh, a, a topic of, of frequent discussion.
0: Yeah, but it, it's interesting that it, it took so long for kind of people to recognize him and start of the Ohio State elite to get him into that the equivalent of our ring of honor in, in the horseshoe perhaps partially because he never really left Columbus. He went out and played in the NFL, obviously including an uh, an NFL championship uh, a few seasons later with the Detroit Lions. But then he came back to Columbus and worked for George Steinbrenner as part of the Yankees organization, including as a first base coach for the Columbus Clippers, which just kind of is is super interesting to me because I think everyone thinks of him as this Heisman Trophy winning football player. But back in the day, you saw a lot more dual sport athletes Hopalong Cassidy played baseball at Ohio State and ended up being, uh, you know, a member of Columbus Sports for many decades after the fact that his football career had actually ended.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. For 20 seasons, he served as first base coach for the for the Clippers. And if uh, you or your family ever had the opportunity to go to one of those games, whenever he was introduced, he would get a a roaring round of applause from the crowd. So as you said, I mean, he was like a lot of athletes today. He excelled not only at football, but uh, he was a, he was a baseball player in his time at Ohio State as well. And he ended his career uh, in Columbus.
0: Going back to his Ohio State playing career for baseball, he led the team in home runs in 1955 and in stolen bases in 1956 to show you that he really was an exceptional two sport athlete. Jim, I've got while well, I've got you here, moving away from Hopalong Cassidy, Ohio State is obviously playing one of their perennial decades-long Big Ten rivals this week in Nebraska. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I think it's really interesting the kind of the connections between these two programs. Ohio State always been known until I mean heck, until last year, really, as a run first, three yards in a cloud of dust ground game offense. While Nebraska has always been a running offense. It was a a somewhat different, more of the uh, wishbone option type of offense. These are two perennial blue blood programs that have kind of gone in different directions in the past maybe 20 years. Do you have any thoughts about the connections between these two programs or perhaps maybe some nuggets of history about the series between the two?
1: Yeah, well the, the two teams haven't played that frequently throughout their history. Um and usually when they've matched up, uh it hasn't been Titanic, Titanic clashes of of top-ranked teams. So I mean I think the divergence that, that you speak to is really due to r- recruiting these days. You look at the amount of talent in Nebraska, you know, as you said, storied program, rich history, Tom Osborne, national championships. Uh there's there's a huge pedigree there. But it's tough to draw people to nebraska there's not a, it's not a natural hotbed of talent where ohio state as the other hand obviously has that rich tradition and the level of football uh, in ohio and around the area is, is much better so i think in terms of the divergence historically ohio state has has benefited tremendously from the the rich recruiting grounds that surrounds columbus whereas lincoln's a little bit a little bit more sparse
0: yeah, the uh, it, it's tough to get kids to uh, purposely go to Lincoln if they have other <laughs> options. But um, actually, I'm looking back through the history here. It actually looks like Ohio State played Nebraska in September 1955, which would have been uh, Hopalong Cassidy's senior year, I believe. So Ohio State won that one 28-20, unless I'm misremembering years.
1: Yeah, that's right. That would have been Hop's Heisman-winning senior year.
0: Yeah, so that's good. That's a good omen for uh, Ohio State. Maybe J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State's uh, current halfback, can uh, repeat some of that glory. Although I have a feeling that this score is not going to exactly be twenty-eight twenty come come Saturday, but we'll we'll yeah. get to that later in the week.
1: Well, we'll see. You know, J.K. burst on the scene like like Hop did with a big game against Indiana. Very so, um, you know, there's uh, of course a lot of a lot of Ohio State running backs have had big games against Indiana. Even Lydell Ross. Had a big game against Indiana, so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, we must be of similar ages because uh, you're, you're throwing out Lido Ross and uh, and talking about uh, Hop Cassidy being a, uh, with the Columbus Clippers and getting the cheers. I remember Bucky Dent being the manager of the Columbus Clippers. So oh sure, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, we we must be in at least the same era uh, of of fandom there. So well, Jim- but it's uh, Matt.
1: Let me interrupt you yeah. real quick. Uh, I, I think one of the things that that's interesting as it relates to to Hop Along, but also I mean, sort of touches on the strength of recruiting around Ohio is that when you look back at Ohio State's seven Heisman trophies. Six of those seven have been from players who have grown up in Ohio. Really, the only Heisman winner who didn't come from the state of Ohio was Eddie George, who, of course, grew up in Philly, came to Ohio State by way of Fork Union, as we all know. So, I mean, Cassidy was just the third, as you said, within a pipeline of talent, mostly Ohio talent, that has brought home the hardware for Ohio State. So it points again to the not only the Good football being played around the state of Ohio, but the the high level of talent for those players who who came to Ohio State and and excelled.
0: Yeah, and obviously the mid fifties is a much different era in football and in the geographic distribution of the population in the Midwest than it is currently. But we see that again with Ryan Day in his first year as head coach, really making a point to go out and get the best players. In Ohio, And I'm not talking about the elite of the elite, just the top three or four, like, of course, every coach wants, but he's going out and getting some great three-star talent because he knows the type of football that is being done in Ohio, and he knows how important it is to have Ohio players on the roster. So, yeah, that's a, a point very well made uh, about the importance and the impact of Ohio players on the Ohio State program, even though we think of it as a national program.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right.
0: Well, Jim, I appreciate you taking the time to give us a little bit of a history lesson. Um, I, a lot of people have had really great remembrances of Howard Hopalong Cassidy in the past week. And of course, we wish his family and fans uh, the best. And uh, we look forward to hopefully someone else carrying the torch that he so expertly helped light so many decades ago.
1: Yeah, well, well said, Matt. He was, uh, I, I think when you think back throughout all the great players in Ohio State's history in terms of influence he's among among the top so uh we wish his family the best and uh thanks Matt thanks for having me on
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. If you are finding this podcast on the website, don't forget to go to your favorite podcasting app and subscribe so that you get all of the Land Grant Holy Land audio goodness this fall, in which we bring you at least one episode every day during the football regular season. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can also follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore Baird. And you can find me at B-W-W-M-A-T-T. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And go Bucks.